Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, and you have found another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Happy Friday, everyone. It is exciting that another weekend is upon us. I hope you have great weekend plans. I don't know if that will involve the Pro Bowl and those festivities, but nonetheless, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of news. We got some a big announcement coming up uh, as a network. I'm going to talk about that here shortly, and I'm going to answer that question that everyone's favorite doc, Southside Doc, uh, one of the Ride or Die crew, suggested on Wednesday for the mailbag segment. And I didn't have – I wanted to think about it. And I wanted to actually put some thought into it. I'm going to ask Jeremy Jerome Betts in the second half of this podcast what he thinks. And that is, what do the Steelers do at a quote-unquote championship level? We're going to talk about all that and more. But let's start off with that announcement that I talked about. So – uh, this is something that if you listen to the Steelers preview on uh, my, myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Davis on Thursday night or the special announcement podcast that probably ran at some point before this Let's Ride podcast, then you kind of know what I'm already going to say. And I- I'm not going to go into really detailed specifics because, well, not everyone needs to know those detailed specifics. All you need to know is that our podcast network, all of our podcast network, uh, is is on the move. We'll put it that way. Uh, SB Nation, which is owned by Vox Media, has made the decision to cut ties with a lot of their podcasts, and we were one of them, unfortunately. Now, you might be listening and thinking, what the heck? Where's it? What does this mean? Like, where, Where's Jeff going to be every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? I'm not going anywhere, and we aren't going anywhere. We will be uh, around. It'll be a different name. Uh, hopefully, if everything goes according to plan and, and everything happens the way that people say it's supposed to happen, you won't have to even subscribe to a new channel, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, whatever. It's just going to roll over, and all of a sudden, you're going to notice a new logo, and the names will stay the same. The names of the podcasters, the schedule, all of that. There might be some new features out there, uh, and this will happen on March 1st, so it's not going to be right away. We want to give you all enough heads up in case there is the outside chance that you have to find us in a new location, but... Hopefully, fingers crossed, that doesn't happen, but we aren't going anywhere. You will still hear myself every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Jeffrey Benedict on Tuesday, Dave Schofield on Thursdays in the morning. 
Our new lineup might change a little bit, but ultimately it's going to stay predominantly the same, and that's the same with our afternoon shows. Uh, you're going to hear The Hangover on Monday. On Tuesday, you're going to get The Scobro Show. Uh, you're going to have either the Know Your Enemy or the Curtain Call podcast on Wednesday, the preview on Thursday. You get the gist of it. There might be some minor changes, like I said, but it's not going to be anything drastic. The YouTube channel doesn't change. The name will change, but it doesn't change either. So I don't want anyone to freak out. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Uh, you can say, hey, like, what's going on? I don't want anyone to worry. If you rely on us for your Steelers news, we aren't going anywhere. All right. So we, we're moving, not by our decision, but we're moving and we're still going to be going strong and hopefully better than ever. So the senior bowl is, uh, going on down in mobile, Alabama. And boy, this, the Steelers, man, especially Mike Tomlin, he knows how to create a headline, doesn't he? Uh, not a, not a bad headline, but he just has this knack. He knows how to really, he knows how to interact with people. He's such a great motivator. People seem to like him. There's players that have only been around him for a, a day or so that are walking around mobile using Tomlinisms. Like it's incredible. I wrote that article for the website behind the steel which is still going to exist by the way, that's not going anywhere. And it was a, uh, it, it was just crazy. And this, the Steelers had told, it was a defensive lineman from Wisconsin. Like, Hey, you're quote unquote on our radar. That's exciting. Uh, keep your eye on that stuff and, and really do. If you're going to listen to a podcast that's about the draft, I highly recommend you listen to the Steelers fix with Jeremy Jerome Betts and Andrew Wilbar. This is what they live for, especially Andrew Wilbar. Like he, I swear he loves the draft prep more than he does the season. And that's fine. There's a lot of people that are like him. So make sure you check that out. I, I did mention the pro bowl last night, Thursday night, the pro bowl, festivities if you want to call it that they got underway and uh yeah it is what it is it's different i'm glad they're not trying to put up that facade anymore of a game because it's not a game and the game itself or, or the flag football game as they're calling as they're calling it now is actually going to be on sunday uh you can find out all the information on how to watch and stuff like that at behind the steel but if you check that out great the, the steelers will have cam hayward there Minka fitzpatrick will be there and and that'll be good so in the second half of this show you know we will have andrew wilbar i'll bring that up with him i'm not andrew wilbar jeremy betts the other guy from the steelers fix and don't forget to stay tuned to the very end for a heart to heart now let's talk about this question by Southside Doc Southside Doc asked the question of what do the Steelers do at a championship level and so that's what I wanted to talk about that that was kind of the crux of this podcast and so the first thing I wanted to do is I I felt the need to have to give a definition for what does that even mean you know it's easy for someone to say what do they do at a championship level but that might mean something different for you the listener as it does for me the podcast host so in this regard i decided that my definition is that something the steelers do that's one of the best in the nfl one of the best they don't have to be the best when teams win championships it's not always the best team in the league it's not always the best statistical team in the league. It doesn't mean that they dominate in every statistical category. So keep that in mind as we talk about championship level. Let's throw out another little caveat here, and that is that I'm only talking about things that are on the field. I'm not talking about the intangibles. I'm not talking about even the coaching staff. Not that many people would say that the Steelers have anything about their coaching staff that is championship level but I wanted to talk solely about 
the players on the field and the production on the field is that at championship level. So with that out of the way, I got to be honest, this was not easy. This was not an easy task. I wasn't able to find any on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm trying to be honest with you here. Like I'm trying to be honest and not just have my black and gold glasses on and, and taking that perspective. I tried not to do that. And so I looked at the offense and I said, what did they do, anyone even in particular, that is a championship level? So some people could say, well, you know, Deontay Johnson, he had a 99 in the getting open category, according to ESPN's analytics. Well, no, that's championship level. Like, no, that's that's great. That's upper echelon in that statistic or that analytical category. But that's not championship level. The dude didn't even catch a touchdown. So, I, no, I can't do that. Um, you look at the receiving core. Nah, there's nothing. That, nope, that's not it. Looked at the running game. They turned it on at the end, but even then they weren't doing anything that was really just setting the world ablaze, so to speak. I looked at the offensive line, and the only thing that could come close, and it's not, I'm not saying the offensive line is championship level, is just the sheer continuity of that offensive line. Uh, if that would be an on-field category, you could say that they were championship level. Only a handful of players missed even one snap. Some miss none. Incredible. But that's not championship level to me. And then you look at the quarterback. We all have high hopes for Kenny Pickett. But Kenny Pickett's a rookie. was a rookie. He's going into year two. He's not a championship level. No way. No way. Tight ends? No. No. I mean, Pat Fryer, he's maybe close. He might be getting there. But no, it's not. And so sadly, I found myself going all throughout the offense, and I came up with nothing. Skunked. Absolute nothing. So that was a bummer for me. Like I, I, I wanted to find something on offense, and I just couldn't. Maybe I missed something. If I did, let me know. So I go to the defensive side of the ball, and I was able to find a couple things. Some of these things might surprise you, and there might be some caveats. Let's get to it. The first is edge the edge pass rush. Now, I know what you're thinking. The Steelers didn't sniff 50 sacks again, and T.J. Watt was hurt. Yeah, I get it. But when T.J. Watt's healthy, I believe that he and Alex Highsmith are probably one of the best pass rushing duos on the edge in the National Football League. And when you can say that about a position group, championship level. T.J. Watt healthy? Alex Highsmith healthy. Alex Highsmith coming off of 14 and a half sacks in a season. He and TJ Watt, yeah, championship level. It's something about the Steelers and the way they draw up their pressures is unique, and their 3-4 scheme is unique, and the way that they run their sub packages is unique. The question that I think is like the follow-up to this is could that duo, you Talk about some of the Steelers' duos in their history. You have Kevin Green, Greg Lloyd, Joey Porter, Clark Hagens. Uh, you have James Harrison, Lamar Woodley. You could go down the list. I think that the next group, the next tandem, the next duo would be Highsmith and Watt. And so could they win you a championship? Some of those other guys already did. I think that these guys could too, championship level. So is that it? The defensive front as a whole, the run defense got better, but it's not championship level. The inside linebackers, 
No. You know that. No way. Uh, what about the cornerbacks? Well, uh, this is the way I went. Let me explain. I went with their ability to take the football away. I think that's really important. I think that is championship level. They had 20 interceptions. That was the NFL leading number in the regular season. That's championship level. And again, these fans will always try to combat it with something. They'll combat anything that you say with something that might be counterintuitive to what you just said. So someone might say, oh, yeah, they had uh, a 20, 20 interceptions, but what about the fact they only forced a couple fumbles? Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, they had 20 interceptions just because they lacked getting the football on the ground in terms of fumbles doesn't mean that you take away from the fact that they led the NFL in interceptions. Minka Fitzpatrick, phenomenal, led the team with six. Cam Sutton, hope they bring him back. Trell Edmonds, DeMonte KZ, bring them all back, in my opinion, if you can. Levi Wallace had a great year. He was hurt, banged up, I get it, but he had a good year. So you have all these situations where you look at this and you say, and oh, by the way, 20 Two of those sacks for T.J. Watt sacking Joe Burrow in the limited time that he played. I still can't get over that. But I think that's championship level. 20 interceptions in a season is championship level. So you have these, you look at the rest of the defense, and you ask yourself, is there anything else that this team did at a championship level? And the answer is no. Those were it. Those two things are the only aspects of this 2022 Steelers team that I thought championship level and that is their edge pass rushing duo and their ability to take the ball away through the air beating ball hawks interceptions so could things change could we be talking singing a different tune in 2023 when the Steelers get back on the field I think you could you could see the running game be championship level you could potentially see the two things that I already listed continuing to be championship level I would love nothing more than to see the run defense become championship level. And my gosh, if the quarterback could be championship level, it's going to make everyone else around him close to championship level. And when I say that, I'm talking about the receivers, the tight ends, all of it. This team has a lot of work to do. And I think that when you look at this list, it really is glaring. When you look at the best in the league at whatever subject, whatever category you're talking about, I think it's really important that when you look, you say, man, this team is might be close, but they're still far away. They still have a lot of work to do. Omar Khan, Andy Weedle, Mike Tomlin, they've got their work cut out for them this offseason in terms of creating salary cap space, utilizing that cap space wisely. It's going to be important. I'm excited for it. I think this is a this is a part of the journey that I've been waiting for for a long time. The rebuild. It felt like at times, and, and maybe I'll do an entire podcast on this. Maybe I'll do it on Monday. For a long time, it felt like the Steelers were treading water. I feel like now they're about to emerge out of the water, and that's a better product. I hope, at least. All right, in the second half of this show, we have Jeremy Jerome Betts coming on, and then stay tuned to the very end for a special Heart to Heart. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. <laughs> All 
right, Steeler fans, it is Friday, the second half of the Let's Ride podcast, which means that it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Drone Bets. Jeremy, what's going on? Man, nothing much. Uh, we're in the in between football games, obviously, the NFL heading to the Super Bowl, and uh, I'm excited for it. But uh, yeah, nothing much right now, just uh, prepping for some articles and some stuff for the website. For sure, yeah, and I mean... The Pro Bowl, hello. I mean, who can't get excited for the Pro Bowl festivities? At least, hey, my theory on that is at least they're not trying anymore. You know, they're they're not trying to mask this forced uh, event on anyone. So I'm okay with the Pro Bowl festivities. I think that they're going to have to even find stuff that the players are more interested in. Um, I'm not going to be watching, but I'm sure I'll see highlights and stuff on social media. Are you going to watch? I might watch just to have something to watch, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be something I'm going to be doing to uh, staying too involved in for sure. Uh, you know, I do, I do, like you said, uh, like it that there, it's just like a vacation for these players now, a chance to go have some fun and there's yeah. no game involved, not a lot of like practices and stuff like that. We're not having to worry about any of that. I think it's going to be unique and, uh, I just think of all sports, the NFL and a, an all-star game, just, uh, you know, football having an all-star game at the professional level is just, just doesn't work quite right. Like the other right. sports. And, and and one of your premier players, Josh Allen decides that he's going to go to Pebble beach and play in the pro-am instead of going to the pro bowl. Um, that should tell you all you need to know yeah. about your all-star game. I don't blame the guy. I thought at first I said on Wednesday's show that I thought it was, a. Uh, Lake Tahoe, that pro-am, it's not. That's over the summer. This is the one in Pebble Beach, and Josh Allen's there throwing darts. So, hey, good for him. I'd rather be there myself. But nonetheless, here we are talking about the offseason. We're talking about a lot of the stuff. In the first half of the show, I wanted to get your take on this. This was actually a question that um, one of of my ride or die crew actually posed for the mailbag. And I said, I'm going to talk about it on Friday, and I want to get your take. And the question (laughs) was from Southside Doc, Doc M., he asked the question, which is, what, if anything, do the Steelers do at a championship level? And hmm. I had to really think about that, but I wanted to get your take. Is there anything that this current Steelers team does at a championship level? Or, and, and if so, what is it? I'm curious. Hmm. Yeah, um, man, uh, t- taking some time to think about it obviously would help. But uh, <laughs> I would say... You know, and a lot of people probably won't like this, but I, I would say that the starting with Mike Tomlin and working to the players, just their their mental preparation week in and week out, I think is top notch. And they might come out a little flat uh, on the field. I think that has more to do with actual execution uh, of the players for the offense and the defense, um, specifically the offense. Um, but I think going into a game that there there's no there's no coach who uh, gets m- more from his players as far as we're ready to play than Mike Tomlin, and that's just what I've seen throughout the years when when it gets down to the nitty gritty and they need to knuckle down to win games to close out a season and and make a playoff push if they're if they've started slow they're able to do that and uh, you know you'd like to see that maybe turn into playoff wins obviously but if there's anything that i can just point to you know just real just quickly off the top of my head i'd say 
um, mental preparation. Mike Tomlin and his his staff do a good job of getting those guys there. I think you could also look at the draft. I think they draft well. I think they draft at a championship level, at least at a at a competitive level. Um, and so I would say that you know those two things probably would be uh, the biggest things I would point to. Now I, I I want my listeners out there to know this, and this is every week. Jeremy has no freaking clue what I'm going to ask him. Okay, <laughs> so I want people to know that, and I did it with Michael Beck when I used to do this segment yeah. with Blue Check Beck. He had no idea what questions were coming his way. So I'm not like teeing Jeremy up and saying, hey, like sending him a little note, like here are the talking points. Like he has no clues. I just threw this on him. He has no idea. It, but let me ask you, I, I give you a chance to collect your thoughts. Is there any, yeah. I agree with what you said, by the way, but is there anything okay. on yeah. the field, hmm. tangible on the field that you think the Steelers do at a, at a championship level? Uh, I'll say rush the passer and, and scheme okay. up, scheme up pressure. All right. Um, but let's go with just the front four. Um, Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, when healthy, uh, Cam Hayward, obviously in, in the middle those three guys um, get after quarterbacks at a championship level. And I think that they're up there with the best of them year in and year out. We've seen it now. Um, obviously since TJ Watts been there, we've seen it from him and cam on a regular basis. Um, just bringing it every year. And then, you know, the rise of Alex Highsmith this last year just takes that to another level. And I think that Carl Dunbar along the defensive line and then, just the quality, the 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 skill level of these outside linebackers, they rush the passer with with the best, and they've done so for years and years. This is their lowest sack number results of probably the last ten years, I believe. Uh, so, and you you had a a guy in T.J. Watt who was out for seven eight games, so it makes sense that they would struggle a little bit more. But I think when those guys are healthy, that they they bring the heat uh, with anybody in the league. Good stuff. Good stuff. I love, I put you on the spot and you, you came through. Now, my next question for you, the next topic is something that, you know, this happened, uh, I think it was Tuesday, um, where Sean Payton, he is now back in the National Football League. And at the time that I recorded my show for Wednesday, the, the New Orleans Saints had a choice to make in terms of how, what the compensation would look like from Denver. And what they ended up settling on, I guess this is not maybe official, but it's definitely close to it. They're going to get a, this is the Saints, are going to receive the the Denver Broncos first round pick in 2023 and a second round pick in 2024. I didn't think the Broncos had a first round pick, but I guess they do somehow. Um, yeah. they, they have given away a lot in the last two seasons with the Russell Wilson trade and now to get Sean Payton. And this is something I knew from the moment Sean Payton decided to retire was if this guy's going to come out of retirement, like everyone's predicting that he is, and everyone thought he was going to go to Dallas. He was trying to negotiate with Miami, but we know that story, and that fell through with Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. I even said it then. Then whoever's going to get this guy is going to have to give the Saints something because he's still under contract, and he retired. He didn't. He wasn't fired. He, was, he retired. There's a difference. So here's my question. I posed this question on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and this was on, I think, Tuesday... No, Wednesday afternoon. And that was if the Steelers were to, in some crazy world, which I don't think it's ever going to happen, but if they were to shop Mike Tomlin, what do you think 
the compensation mm. would look like? Um, man, I'd say you're talking about a similar type of compensation. Um, but I would say with a guy of, of Tomlin's reputation and his status amongst coaches in the league, like he's still, he's been coaching. He hasn't taken that year off. Um, I think to swipe him, you probably need two first round picks. Um, yeah. And I'd say that because the first off the Steelers are, are not going to deal him, (laughs) uh, you know, based on AR2's comments this last week, Mike Tomlin's going to call his own shots when he leaves. Sounds like, um, and you know, I'm not complaining about that. Just, just making a, an observation. Um, but you know, if the Steelers ever were to, to do that, then they'd be looking for, um, something that, that just blows them away. And I think two first round picks would have to be it. Uh, no less than that. Let me throw a scenario at you. Okay. The Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Panthers approach Art Rooney the second. I guess Omar Khan would be involved as well. And they say, listen, okay. this this was before they hire what well, they end up Frank Frank Reich, correct? They hired Frank right. Reich, I believe, right? Let's say they would have said, We'll give you our 2023 first rounder and our 2024 first rounder for Mike Tomlin. Do you hmm. make that move? Do I make that move? Yeah, knowing knowing where the Carolina Panthers are going to be drafting. Yeah. Knowing yeah. where they're likely to be drafting next year, too. <laughs> adding yeah. that to the Steelers' already robust day one and day two draft picks. Do you part ways with Mike Tomlin and make that deal? I don't, man. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm keeping Mike Tomlin. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe if you could secure a guy like uh, like Frank Reich, as your head coach, then maybe, maybe you consider it, but I, I'm keeping Mike Tomlin. I'm loyal to Mike. <laughs> I really am. Uh, I like, I like Mike and I think he's, he's going to stick around. I would have entertained it because I would have said, Hey, Brian Flores, if you're looking for a promotion and we get sure. this trade, I got, I got a job for you. There you go. I, would, I would have entertained it, man. That would have been, you know, the, the last time there was a trade involving a coach, I believe before this Sean Payton deal was, uh, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded John Gruden. And I think yeah. it was, a, they said, I think the article I looked up, it was like just draft picks and $8 million. Just crazy yeah. how things happen um, between us, between the Raiders and Tampa Bay, but still um, crazy. So, okay. You wouldn't take the deal. That's fine. That's fine. Everyone's no. going to have their own opinion. Trust me. There's been a lot sure. of comments on the website about that, but. Oh, I'll um, bet you, I'll bet you there's a <laughs> lot of people who taken that deal without even thinking. <laughs> and I didn't even throw that scenario in the article. I just left it open-ended. Sure. It's like, what do you think it would look like? What would it take for you? And there's probably a lot of people that said no, nothing. Like, I I wouldn't take any mm. deal. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about the, uh, the championship games for a second. You know, we've talked yeah. about the NFL in this segment all season long as we gave our game picks. There's no picks this week. But what did you think about the championship weekend uh, you can go in whichever order you want, whatever you thought about the games. What were your thoughts about last weekend's NFL action? Man, uh, the the first game obviously was, or the NFC game was obviously a disappointment because you didn't get to see the 49ers at full strength. But I just, it just felt like this Eagles team has been the best in, in the trenches all year long. I, I do believe they had the better quarterback, no matter who was going to be under center for um the 49ers um and then 
you know, just the way their offensive line pushes people around, the way their defensive line and and those edge rushers get in the backfield and disrupt. I mean, what did they have, like 70, 72 sacks this last year, which was the most since the 1985 Bears. It's They were near historic levels uh, in their pass rush and and on that defensive line. So, um, you know, that in and of itself was why I picked the Eagles – uh, in our in our game picks beforehand um, to to win at home, and they they did that. I think they probably win even if Brock Purdy never gets hurt. But you you also have to say you know it's because of that pass rush, it's because of that defensive line and Hassan Reddick creating such havoc that the game even turned that way because of, due to the injury. Um, so the Eagles really dominated from start to finish, and it was what I expected them to put out there was a a dominant type performance. Now I expected a healthy 49ers team to, to match that pretty well, but didn't happen. So I think we're definitely getting the best team in the NFC. And then I really thought the Bengals were going to do it. I think all of America thought the Bengals were going to uh, just continue the storyline that they'd had with the chiefs uh, the last three times they've played them. And, and that's uh win in the fourth quarter and um it didn't happen that way, and uh, I, I've seen a lot of Bengals fans, Jeff, and it just irks me, a lot of Bengals fans complaining that if the if if they had just had Tyler Boyd for the second half, that they would have won that game. And uh, I, I point to the fact that Patrick Mahomes was down, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, um, two of his other receivers, you know, just it was just a crazy – a crazy time for them and he lost all his receivers too and Mahomes is just crazy he's amazing uh the best player in the league the best playmaker at quarterback ever and I I say playmaker because I don't know if he's the best winner at quarterback or you know some other quarterback stats you can you can throw out there but I think he's the best playmaker at quarterback in the NFL uh maybe that, that the NFL's ever seen and just played like it and I, I'd expect this this Super Bowl to be a, a really good game and uh you know it's going to be superman patrick mahomes against uh the army that is the eagles offensive and defensive lines and uh, we'll see who comes out on top well i mean i did predict the chiefs to win so i'm not going to say you too did. much i mean yeah. i did i did call that one but i'll <laughs> tell you this you know the, the bengals fans want to cry about that stuff like you said who was patrick mahomes throwing passes to sky Moore, who has not done jack squat this season for yeah. the for the Chiefs, uh, what is it? Valdez Scantling. It was his yeah. primary. Marquez target. Valdez Scantling. Yeah, yeah. He, he was his primary target outside of Travis Kelsey, which you knew. Once all yeah. these receivers went down, they're going to double Kelsey every single play. And uh, I thought right. it was ugly at times. Patrick Mahomes clearly was hindered by his high ankle sprain, but was able yes. to gut it out and and make the plays when necessary. Uh, I did feel bad for Osai because. He's trying to make a play, and yeah, yeah it's, it's silly. And I, I, I really don't need Ryan Clark on Twitter saying what an idiot. Like the dude knows he made a mistake. You don't need to say all that stuff. I just think it gets overblown. Yeah, I um, agree. I did think that there were some very questionable calls. I'm just going to leave it at that. Some very questionable calls in that game, and I will say it for for both teams. But in the second half, it was it felt like it was primarily those calls were going against Cincinnati. And uh, for all those people like my father-in-law that thinks that the NFL is rigged, 
he's going to point <laughs> to games like this and say, there you go. And I, Hey, there are times where I sit there and scratch my head and think, man, where are they coming up with this? Like what the, yeah. a, another attempt at a third and nine. Are you kidding me? I, I right. mean, really, <laughs> I, I get it. And I know they punted on that drive. So it didn't equate to points, but still the, the visual of that, the optics of that is just atrocious. And that first game, what a dud. And here yeah. I am. I, I've been doing the same thing all playoffs. I pick one game. I try to do a parlay on that game. Of course, I picked the Philly game. And of course, I have an sure. over-under on Brock Purdy touchdown passes. The dude goes out <laughs> in the first freaking quarter. There goes my uh, parlay right out of the gate. But man, he's got to have surgery. They're what, sucking six months that he could be on the yeah. shelf? Oh, my gosh. It, like, isn't it the credit. same? It's the same uh, ligament that Roethlisberger had the issue with. Is, isn't that right? It might have been because it's like basically that, Tommy John surgery. Yeah, it's... It's the what the ulnaral collateral ligament, yes, yeah, the UCL, yeah, and so I know Roethlisberger had like completely severed like two two of those or whatever uh, Mm -hmm. in the arm. I'd have to go back to my anatomy college classes (laughs) to get the proper terminology, but I mean the the general area. I think it's very similar to Roethlisberger, and so yeah, you hope for a bounce back from him, but. it's going to be a long road and the 49ers probably have the most polarizing quarterback situation in the league going into 2023. Cause Trey Lance is still banged up. He had to have a second surgery on yep. his injury. And then You've you got, got Brock Brock Purdy is Garoppolo. six. Yeah. And they said, Jamie G's gone. So yeah, probably for a, for a team with a system like that, that it literally was just plug and play. Hey, if they want Mitch Trubisky, make a deal. We'll send him there. This uh, get, before hey, the draft. Yeah, before, before the draft. draft. If, hey, you want an insurance policy? Yep. We have one for you. There you go. We'll take it, your second round pick too, or or your third round <laughs> pick, whatever. <laughs> see what the con artist can work pick. up. We'll see what the con artist can That's work right. up. So, all right, good stuff, Jeremy. Good stuff. Uh, it's going to be weird not having football this weekend, but you'll be back yeah, next week to talk about the Super Bowl. We'll give our Super Bowl picks. We'll talk all about that next week. In the meantime, why don't you let our listeners know what you have coming up, not just on the Steelers Fix podcast with Andrew Wilbar, but also on the website. Yeah, so the Steelers Fix, uh, we had another interview this last week. It was Thomas Incombe. I kind of teased it the last time I was on with you, Jeff, and uh, really a uh, fun interview we also got um, to talk about the the or we ranked the strongest positions in the draft, um, and so we're kind of setting up a um, a positional preview. We're going to break it down over the next eleven weeks until the draft. Uh, every position, talk about players that fit the fit the Steelers and uh, some guys to look to keep an eye on, maybe deeper down draft boards as well, and then. Hopefully we will have a couple more interviews coming up as well, uh, potentially with uh, some other first round uh, potential picks. So uh, keep that in mind and keep an eye out for the Steelers fix. And then continuing my bets off season ever article series, um, just talking about uh, what the Steelers can do to have their best off season in my opinion. So yes, it is my opinion had the first uh, article come out. Uh, talking about in-house free agents the Steelers should keep. The next one, uh, it may be out by the time you hear this, uh, is going to be outside free agents that the Steelers should consider bringing in. And that's what's coming up for me. You can follow me on Twitter at the bets 93 T H E B E T Z 93.
All right, great stuff. Great stuff. Look forward to all that. Jeremy, thank you for your time. As always, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday. You too, man. Have a good one. All right, see ya. And a big thank you to Jeremy Betts for taking the time, uh, for, you know, always taking the time to talk with us on Fridays. I do appreciate him, and I appreciate his insight, and it's fun to talk with him. Let's finish this up, as we always do on Fridays, with a little heart-to-heart. You know, when you talk about the Steelers, and you talk about change, whether it's the changing of a guard with Ben Roethlisberger to Kenny Pickett, whether you talk about any number of players that might be leaving and then some that are coming in, you know, change just like the change that we're experiencing here on this podcast network, to me, it's inevitable. Change in general in life is inevitable. Uh, but I have learned throughout my time on this earth that the when change comes about, you have to embrace it. If you fight it, it's going to kick your ass. But if you embrace it, that's when all of a sudden you're going to see that it's it's not as bad as you might think. And, you know, we weren't the only podcast network that was affected by the decisions made by SB Nation and Vox Media. And I think that a lot of people didn't know which way to go. We knew exactly where we wanted to go, and that is forward, onward, upward. You're either you're either barely surviving or you're thriving. And for us here at this network, we choose to thrive. So change is inevitable in the National Football League. Change is inevitable in life. We choose to embrace it. Embrace the change and let's thrive. That's going to be our motto moving forward. And I know that every single member of the Ride or Die crew that hears this will be with us and you're going to be along for the ride. It's going to be a crazy journey. Not going to look very different to you all. It might be different to us, but not to you all. So I hope you buckle up because it's go time. It's go time, baby. And I hope you have a great weekend. I'm going to be back on Monday. Got to find that Monday morning conversation. I'll figure something out. In the meantime, have a great weekend. You know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers.